0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ajlene.
1: And I'm Gracie.
0: And this is just a podcast where we talk about movies.
1: Aislein, why are you sounding so professional?
0: What are you talking about? (laughs) I always sound professional. Good one. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the feminist critique, where we put movies to the feminist and inclusive test. And it's our second animated film of the month, and we are going to be talking about 1998's Prince of Egypt, considered probably one of the best biblical films ever to be made. So, it's going to be fun. (laughs) Um, If you are very evangelical, you probably want to stop listening right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Put probably that a out there. just putting that out there. I guess I actually have no idea what the fuck that means, but um, that's because I'm really bad with religion, even though I was raised Roman Catholic, the true yeah, the true I faith. Ra- I mean, what?
1: <laughs> I was raised Southern Pentecostal,
0: oh, sweet so baby Jesus. I got the
1: whole hell fire and brimstone. I'm I grew up in the same kind of church where they do snakes and kiss on them and stuff so yeah i got the
0: (laughs) did you guys do that like that motor mouth thing like speak in tongues and shit yes oh my fucking god are you kidding me
1: no i didn't know this speaking speaking in tongues and falling out in the spirit that's what it's called when you like collapse because the spirit just overwhelms you so yeah i grew up in a very very evangelical environment I am no longer in that environment.
0: Sweet baby fucking but. Jesus. Oh my God. Is that why you know so much about the fucking Bible? Cause you've read it three times or I don't know how well, many. I
1: didn't read it three times, <laughs> but I have read a lot of it.
0: She knows her fucking Bible. I do. She's a I girl who reads Bible. her Bible. And like, it, so, it astounds me how much she knows about the Bible. Cause like I've never actually read the Bible. Cause again, bad christian uh and like not you know don't well, give a fuck I read a
1: lot of the bible and i can tell you right now i'm not exactly the greatest christian i mean i do consider myself a practicing christian still but not in the same way that a lot of people around me are christians but that's we're not here to talk about my
0: personal religious beliefs oh but i wanted to them. talk about mine because i love talking about myself it's like my favorite thing to do. Shit. Why do you think um, I do a whole podcast where it's basically just me talking and Gracie like, you know, says things about the movie? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well, today we're going to be talking about Prince of Egypt and uh, I'm going to give you some stats. Uh, it had a budget of $70 million and it made a box office of $218.6
0: That's a uh, lot of money.
1: That, that's a lot of money. um uh for the cast we've got Val Kilmer as Moses slash the prominent voice of God and he's in movies like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang he was in a Batman movie <laughs> the Doors. Kiss the
0: Rose I, Seal you uh, know <laughs> Sorry
1: Ray Fines plays Ramesses. he's known for I thought it was like Ralph Potter. It's pronounced Ray Oh but it's Ralph
0: Fuck. Like, I always thought it was I know. Ralph.
1: I've fuck? always when they say his name, it's always Ray. So, the okay. English language. N- need I say more?
0: <laughs> okay. He's like super okay. British. This.
1: Yeah, Ralph Fines. It's like, you know, Joffrey or Jeffrey is G E O. Mm hmm. Like you know, like. English um but yeah he's known for playing Voldemort and Harry Potter and he's also from Schindler's List he really likes to play villains I
0: don't know I get him like mixed up with um that other British guy oh no he's Irish the guy was in um oh fuck I'm so sorry huh? um
1: mixed up with Liam Neeson yeah that guy
0: How'd you know? So they were in
1: Schindler's... they have a very similar facial structure.
0: They do, so they do that. Okay. And
1: they're both—and they're both old white men from Britain.
0: Well, I mean, he's Irish technically, but like, you know, whatever. Whatever. Close enough. Um. Fuck. I, we're gonna get like some really bad, fucking. There's a big difference between Ireland and I realize that, okay? I'm from Scotland. Well, I'm not from Scotland, but my family's from Scotland. I know the difference. I'm just making jokes, okay? Calm your shit down. God.
1: um, (laughs) Michelle Pfeiffer was Zephora. She's known for movies like Stardust and What Lies Beneath. Sandra Bullock was the voice of Miriam. She's known for movies like The Blind Side and We Talked About Crash. Um, No, she was also in
0: the classic movie, All About Steve.
1: Shut the fuck up. Um, Jeff Goldblum (laughs) plays Aaron. He's known for Independence Day, Thor Ragnarok, Jurassic Park. And
0: being a total hottie in real life. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh yeah, man, he's, like, a sex symbol to a lot of people for some reason. Oh, I've got a... Personally, I have a... So,
0: I don't see it. I, you know what? But I have... um, Well, it's because of that, like, one shirtless thing in, um, in Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. But, like, honestly, I have, like, somebody that I used to go to school with who is, like, obsessed with him, right? And it turns wow. out she's going to meet him in, like, a few weeks. And, like, her life will finally... Be complete.
1: That bucket list is done.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like she is so excited about this, and it's like all she ever talks about. And like, yeah, it's the only thing I yeah. really know about that about her. Other than that, is she like lost bunch of weight? Oh, wow. yeah.
1: Well, uh, Danny Glover. Hey, Allison.
0: Plays Jethro.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry. Uh, Danny Glover <laughs> plays Jethro. He's known for movies like Lethal Weapon in 2012. Patrick Stewart is Seti. Um, he's in Star Trek and Logan and X Men. Um, Helen Mirren played the Queen, who doesn't have a name. Her name's just the Queen.
0: Well, oh, no, actually, her name is Tuya.
1: Yeah, well, they never say it.
0: Well, yeah. Um,
1: she's known for movies like <clears throat> The Queen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, National Treasure 2, Red. That kind of thing. She's she's, she's fucking boss.
0: She's fantastic um, in Ride.
1: Yeah. Steve Martin was Hotep. He's known for movies like Bowfinger and Parenthood. Martin and the jerk short was Hoy. Huh?
0: And the jerk. He was in the jerk. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> um, Martin Short played Hoy. He's known for A Simple Wish, Damages, Father of the Bride. So
0: you're like um, done with my shit right now <laughs> you're like you're so done you're like i'm
1: trying to get through my statistics
0: and my yeah ashley like shut the fuck up and let me fucking talk for once in this motherfucking life okay um
1: uh can i do the directors now do I have your permission
0: yes i guess god
1: Okay, so we have Steve Hickner, who's known for mo- movies like The Bee Movie, and Simon Wells, who did Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron with DreamWorks. And then we also have Brenda Chapman, uh, who was a co director for the movie Brave. From well, she should have been the full um, director. Ain't
0: a fucking lie. Well, because she Uh, was she was the full director, but then like they didn't like how it was going, and that's why that movie is like a complete fucking mess. Is because they took her out and then they put somebody else in because it was supposed to be a story about like a mother and daughter, and then like I don't know that bear shit was not even going to happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Phillip was. Philip Lezebnik wrote the movie. He's known for uh, writing Pocahontas and Mulan. Um, And Nicholas Meyer worked on the film as well, and he worked on Star Trek movies and uh, Time After Time. Now, let's talk about the movie itself. I'm not going to get into the differences between the scripture and everything unless we come to a certain point about it. That way it makes things a little easier. Uh, so we can actually just dive right into the story. <laughs> uh,
0: so, Aisling, what happens first? Um, okay, so, like, it's ancient Egypt, and then there's, like, you know, a lot of um slaves getting hit, and, like, I don't know, there's, like, pretty some shocking shit for, you know, a kid's movie, right? But, um... Yeah. There's, like, this I, woman... I Huh?
1: I thought the I thought the opening uh, musical <laughs> number was very reminiscent of Look Down from Les Mis.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought same, too.
1: Same kind of vibe. Like there's a lot of oppression and a lot of pain, and uh, you know the people that are being oppressed are sharing their grievances in song, and it's, it's very similar in tone and it's very harsh. That's what I thought, though.
0: Exactly. Um, Fuck, they're going to be making a musical about this time one day mm. about the oppression that we feel. Um anyways, so I mean it's not to like the effect of this, but like there's some shit going down, right? Yeah. Um anyways, so yeah, there's like this woman or whatever, right? And she's with her two children and then um she has like, you know, a little baby boy, but it turns out that the um that the pharaoh has ordered for all newborn Hebrew boys to be taken and then, like, fucking killed and, like, thrown in the river and shit, right? Yeah. So she starts, like, going, um, <clears throat> and that's because he's, like, afraid that, you know, too many slaves will, like, lead to a rebellion. So anyways, she, like, takes her newborn son, and uh she, like, goes down to the river and puts him in a basket, and she's like, please, like... Let my son you know survive this, and like you know, Let like this is his only chance the one
1: that saves us later on,
0: yeah, he's, like this we, is his only chance and he, shit, right?
1: yeah, he's deemed basically a prophet at that moment, yeah, you know? like she th- there's a lot of um foreshadowing uh, in her lullaby about how he will deliver them in the same way she saved him um. The basket goes through like a whole bunch of close calls, but then ends up right in the mouth of uh, this little private area of the river for the Pharaoh and his family and um, is scooped up by uh, the Pharaoh's wife. Now, this is uh, one of the deviations from Scripture. In Scripture, it was actually uh, Pharaoh's daughter okay. that took Moses as her own and. Miriam actually approaches uh, Pharaoh's daughter in the scripture and tells her, you know, she knows of a woman who can be a wet nurse to him and she's able to get her mother, Yoheved to be his wet nurse. So, you know, um,
0: they have spent
1: a little more time together than what's in the film.
0: Okay. I mean, that yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like, yeah. Um, so then, it like you know, flash forward right to years later, uh, Moses and his brother, his brother Ramses, uh, are, you know, like chariot, fucking around. Chariot They're young men. They're chariot chariot racing. They're destroying some shit, right? And um, and then it's like the
1: avalanche.
0: Yeah. Like, some shit goes down. They they get in a lot of trouble. Um, So they're scolded by their father for, you know, accidentally destroying a temple. Like, oh, my God. Like, Dad, God, we were just having fun. Mm.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Moses takes full responsibility for it, but uh, the Pharaoh is really, really hard on Ramesses about it, which makes sense considering Ramesses is his heir. Yeah. So he has to be harder on the person that's going to take his crown. Um. Uh, one of the things that really made me laugh in this one scene is when Hotep and Hoy, you know, like Seti goes, "Why did the gods torment me with such reckless, blasphemous sons?" And uh, um, he's like, "You you learn nothing." And Hotep or Hoy, I can't remember who, he goes, "It's not your fault. Your sons learn nothing." And the other one
0: goes, "Well, they learned blasphemy."
1: <laughs> <laughs> But it's blasphemy because they destroyed a temple.
0: Well, exactly so. right.
1: Um, oh. But yeah, Moses actually manages to convince his dad to give Ramesses a chance. You know, like, if you give Ramesses some responsibility, he'll utilize that, you know? Mm hmm. So. Yeah.
0: That's... Sorry, I just took a drink.
1: You're fine. Just as you were finishing, will...
0: I'm like, fuck. <laughs>
1: I will say that there is a lot of exposition in this film, a lot of exposition shots. Like, the story, you know, is not that long, but there's a lot of, like, breathtaking views. and.
0: I mean, there you know, is a lot, a lot of-, of art, obviously, in, like, um, cinematography. It, well, I mean, it's yeah. not real cinematography. It's, like, you know, it's art. It's
1: very, yeah, it's, very, it's a very visually beautiful film.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's why everybody was um, talking about it so much when this was happening.
1: Yeah. At least I
0: remember that part.
1: Mm-hmm. And this kind of set the tone for for how the DreamWorks animation kind of has its own, like, style to it, because the same type of style used in this movie was also used in Spirit, was also used in Joseph and uh, Joseph in the Court of Dreams or something like that. Like the Wasn't that, like,
0: the a direct-to... Uh, Direct to DVD or video I don't prequel. Remember. I know that King of like, Dreams.
1: It's, it's, it's only like an hour and fifteen minutes long, so probably.
0: Yeah, it's it's like uh, you know how Disney used to do all their sequels and shit. That's like the same for. for but this. it's
1: still got the same animation style, so. Yeah. Uh, I this is by far the superior film to the two bu- biblical films that DreamWorks Animation did, though yeah um so yeah uh moses and ramazines ramesses have a little talk and then they realize they're late for a feast and like moses is such a shithead to the servant that's trying to fix his wig like
0: well i think it's just showing that that, you know like he's he's a fucking he's you know a youthful shithead a spoiled spoiled brat right
1: Yeah, exactly. He's probably, like, between 16 and 18 at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a shithead.
0: Mm-hmm. Like most. <laughs> like most teenage boys. Shocking. Pew, pew, shots fired. Uh,
1: so, yeah. Ramesses, uh, become uh, Seti makes Ramesses regent, and uh, the queen is like, yeah, you know um your dad just thought you know you could use the you know responsibility and it was all Moses's idea and then to celebrate they have Hotep and Hoy do this really cool magic trick and then it reveals the pora on a camel
0: yeah like here's here's a girl to have sex with
1: right here's a sex slave for you without saying sex slave like if
0: She's a yeah, desert she flower. flower.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A desert cobra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. And then he's like, after she tries to bite him, he's like, oh, Moses, I give her to you. And Moses is like, fuck, dude, I don't want her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's scary shit.
1: <laughs> uh, but this is the start
0: of a, a very amazing love story. Not really. Not really. No, Um, but anyways, so uh, what ends up happening is that um, he, uh, oh, uh, Ramses also appoints um, Moses as the royal chief architect at that point, right? So um, he says, like, hey, bring this, you know, chick to my room or whatever, right? And then it's like,
1: bring her to Moses's room.
0: Yeah, well, exactly, right? So it's, like, it's later on, and um, she actually escapes the palace, and he, like, you know, realizes this, right? Because, like, one of the servants is all tied up, and so is his dogs, right? And then um, he goes, like, running after her while she's escaping with a camel, and um, she gets water from, like, these two people who turn out to be his... Um, adult siblings, right? Uh, Miriam and Aaron. But he doesn't recognize them. But Marion definitely recognizes him. She's oh, like...
1: Miriam is going like shit on him. She's like, you're, you know, I'm so glad you came to rescue us. And Aaron's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, you're going to get us murdered.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and she's like, and no, don't listen. Fuck you. I'm going to do this. Listen to me.
1: You're our but, brother, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, you were born of our mother Yoheved.
1: you know, and like Moses is like, you need to shut the fuck up right now And Aaron's like, No, just leave her alone. She's crazy, she's she's hysterical, she's you know she she just had a hard day's work. Not that the work's too hard. <laughs> we're not complaining. Um
0: I mean anyway. isn't that what all men do when it comes to a woman voicing her opinion? says that she's hysterical and crazy and like just calm down
1: (laughs) by the way guys if you're listening telling a woman to calm down always works 100 percent of the time oh yeah definitely definitely tell me
0: to calm down i'm definitely going to calm the fuck down no (laughs) i will fucking murder you and i will fucking put your body into another fucking oh girl go girl (laughs) I was making a joke and you just made the joke 10 times better. Um,
1: But yeah, so anyway, Miriam, you know, reaches for him and Moses, you know, like grabs her and throws her to the ground and like really hurts her. And he's walking away because it's like, of course, he's not a Hebrew slave. You know, that's so far beneath him he's a prince of egypt and she's gonna fucking pay for what she's talking about yeah and uh then she starts humming the lullaby and it kind of triggers something in him because that's something that he's always hummed you know mhm and he has like this monologue song F- um, fun fact about the
0: lullaby that. um yeah. that she sings i'm sorry not to cut you off but i'm gonna Okay, so when Miriam is actually singing the lullaby to Moses, it's not, obviously it's not Sandra Bullock's voice, um, but it's actually Brenda Chapman who Mm -hmm. um, sang that lullaby. Now, it was just going to be like a scratch audio track and then later replaced with uh, the actual singing voice, which was uh, Sally uh, Dworkowski or something. Um, But it turned out so well that they just kept it in the film. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, I wrote that in my notes, actually, but I forgot to say it. I will also add that Brenda Chapman was the first woman to co-direct an animated film for a major motion picture. So this film is the first time that a woman has been a director for an animated film that was released so popularly.
0: Yep. So... Good on There's you, Brenda that- Chapman. You are a hero.
1: Exactly. She'll so never see, listen to this. There is a reason we are talking about this movie besides uh, religion.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so anyway, after he has this conversation with Miriam and Aaron, he has a nightmare. And in the nightmare, he basically relives the slaughter of the firstborns. Mm-hmm. And he goes he runs through the palace and he finds a mural of it being depicted because back then egyptians recorded every single fucking thing Mm -hmm. um uh and his father comes up behind him and it's like it was a sacrifice that we had to make you know they were growing too strong and they were only slaves
0: oh god when he says that that is like the fucking moment where you see you see Moses change like
1: yeah what? it shakes him
0: he is shooketh, he is shooketh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god it was I mean it's honestly terrible well
0: the, right? the whole thing that's why I like this uh the animation cause like you can see the fucking emotion on these people's faces like yeah they did a really fucking good job.
1: Yeah, they did. Um, now, to be kind of a Debbie Downer, um, because Egyptians recorded literally everything, like, there's no actual record of this kind of stuff happening. There's no real record that uh, SETI actually called for the execution of firstborn children from slaves. Um, The slaves were not predominantly Hebrew. It was a mix of people. Um, And uh, they usually had rosters of every servant kept in every household and stuff like that. So this is where a lot of people take Exodus literally instead of as an allegorical sort of tale. So... Everyone's religion is, everyone, the way they interpret Christianity is different. You have evangelicals, which is the kind of church I grew up in, that believe literally everything in the Bible is true. Like, all of this is, happened, it's historical fact. Whereas, um, a lot of non-denominational Christians and um, more liberal Christians tend to see a Bible as a some, hist- some historical fact mixed with a lot of religious allegorical tales. You know like a like a like a collection of mythology almost you know to try and get us a better understanding of our world and how life works and stuff like that, so that's kind of like the chasm between evangelicals and uh you know some other like we'll we'll call them modern Christians, so yeah, this just wanted to point that out, but yeah that uh they were only slaves part really. Ugh. That was rough.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: This is a super fucking dark movie.
0: Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck's uh, with making you know children's movies over like some dark ass history? Because like I that's what happened last week when we did Anastasia, and it was like, oh, the sto- actual story, is fucking awful.
1: I mean, when we do El Dorado in a couple of weeks.
0: Oh, that girl.
1: That one's going to be about, you know, conquering and
0: uh, the
1: imperialism.
0: Imperialism <laughs> and...
1: Colonization.
0: Uh, yeah. Colonialism <laughs> is amazing. And by that, I mean fucking awful.
1: True. True. Europeans were shit.
0: But yeah. Um, but, you know, that's such a good movie.
1: <laughs> it honestly is. It's going to be fun to talk about. Um, so... After uh, Moses has this conversation with Seti and he realizes his true origins, he actually has, like, a moment where he recognizes his privilege and the fact that he was pretty ignorant. Like, before, he thought of the slaves just as his family did. But now that he's one of them, or, you know, he knows that he was born into this slavery with them, Mm -hmm. he sees, you know, it's like his eyes have been opened.
0: He has become woke.
1: Yeah, he's been woke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think that's how it goes. I think it's just like, he woke now.
1: Yeah. Um, And (laughs) it's because of this privilege, you know, him recognizing his privilege and recognizing that he's been kept ignorant, that, you know, he starts looking and he sees the suffering that's going on with people that he could have been part of if his mother hadn't sacrificed him and, you know, saved him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he sees one really older slave being whipped and, you know, shoves the guy off the edge of the uh, scaffolding. He
0: shoved the slave off the scaffolding? This goes against everything!
1: No, not the slave! The (laughs) guy that was whipping the slave. Oh,
0: okay. Okay context girl context
1: yeah contact context matters it made sense in my head (laughs) (laughs) so yeah after he does that he's like holy shit again this is um some scripture discrepancy because in exodus moses actually killed the guy on purpose and actually you know it wasn't in the movie it's portrayed as kind of an accident like he didn't mean to knock the guy over He was just getting him to stop you know beating like whipping the slave Mm -hmm. uh but in in the text, he, like, literally shoved the guy, you know, killed him because, yeah. Like, it was actual murder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, well, that's good to know that Moses actually murdered somebody rather than... um, Yeah, so when he does that, he's like, Welp, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here, right? So and he's like horrified and ashamed so he ends up you know going in towards the desert in exile and then ramsay's like pleading for him to stay he's like brother like come on i'm i'm the you know heir to the throne i can wipe that all away you know i can make things better and moses is like yeah fuck that i am i am out bye yeah so he goes out into the desert and like walks a long time and then um um ends up like you know getting hit with a sandstorm and uh in the background of course my favorite song's playing that is no sandstorm. no you know the song uh no that's not playing with... The- oh, that was just in my fever dream. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and you- um, yeah, so he wakes up
1: because a camel rips some of his hair out and pulls him out of the sand. Because That looked camel-
0: like it fucking spread. hurt. That was like a lot of hair.
1: I know. I know it hurt. And then the camel spit most of it back out at him. But then he sees there's a water skin on the camel that's just randomly walking with no one on it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the camel uh, drags him to an oasis and then he like dunks his head in a well that's for livestock to drink out of.
0: <laughs> but he like and just wants water.
1: Dude, he's gone three days without water almost. Like
0: He could die.
1: Yeah, the rule of three is three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was the case
1: yeah you didn't you've never heard of the rule of three no uh, yeah. uh the average person can live three minutes without oxygen um three days without water and three weeks without food oh. as long as they have water so huh cool Yep. Yeah. um but anyway he uh he drinks the uh, the water and then when he's coming up he sees uh basically like these guys trying to steal water from a private well see in the desert your water source was the most important thing to have and people would try and take it over and steal from it and stuff like that and yep. that's what's happening with the three girls and he saves them and when he leans against the well he falls in mm-hmm. <laughs> after he saves them this is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie <laughs>
0: Yeah, so the three girls are actually trying to help him out, and it's like revealed that um. There's Sephora's
1: little sisters.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Sephora's little sisters. Sephora. Yeah, Sephora. You know, like the makeup brand. That's what it was named after, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Um, Zephora? Yes,
1: she. <laughs> Zepora. Zepora. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Zipporah helps her sisters, and then she recognizes him and then lets him drop right back into the bottom of the well. And one of her sisters looks at the other two and says, that's why Papa says she'll never get married. <laughs> <laughs> that line always cracks me up.
0: Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I'd I think
1: it's the funniest fucking thing about this film. There's not a lot of happy moments, okay?
0: Yeah, this, you're, you're kind of right. Um, but, like, the next part's pretty happy. It's, like, mm-hmm. kind of an amazing part of the film that's, you know, not exactly happy. So, um, it, it turns out that her father is the high priest of the uh, Mid- Midians, Midians? Um, mm-hmm. Jethro, Jethro. Yes. And um he like, you know, starts assimilating into the new culture, he becomes a shepherd, and then he actually, you know, he's um he gets married to uh Zephora. Sephora. they follow shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I you know what I actually thought it was kind of sweet in a way. Yeah. And like you know time. me, I'm a better bitch. So I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cute. Like they fall in love and you know, it's like over time. Obviously, it's cuz like he's yeah, got to be out there. Years,
1: yeah, several years have passed in this in this exposition musical number. Like a lot happens and it's over time. It's not like, you know, they met and 3 days later they got married like a Disney movie. Like they, you know, I think the estimates were uh Well, to be frank, in the Bible, when he he goes to Egypt to free the people, he's in his 80s.
0: Okay, girl, he is not actually in his 80s. There is no fucking way
1: well that's what the bible
0: well the bible is fucking wrong okay people like (laughs) that is the one thing that i do not get about the bible because and this is actually
1: inconsistencies
0: yeah well like this is an actual question that i was thinking about growing up and i'm like man people lived a lot longer back in the old bible days wonder why Why were they so, like, immortal? Well, that's because people fucking lied, okay? The people who wrote the Bible lied to you. He was not in his 80s. He had to be, like, what, maybe 40s? It's not
1: not necessarily a lie. It's just the fact that there are texts that are missing. Um, The Bible was actually compiled by a summit of old men in the early, like, rough, I want to say it was like between 3 and 800 AD, but I'm not exactly sure when. Um, And there's actually a book called the Apocrypha, which are books of the Bible that were left out. Not to mention, the Bible has been translated however many times, and with each translation you can actually lose vital information or get things confused and stuff like that, which is something we'll discuss uh, when we get to the parting of the Red Sea but we're not there yet um so (laughs) but time has passed okay like in the space of the film time has passed because we know this uh you know from Um, his
0: face yeah well yeah he looks like he looks (laughs) a lot older like he has to be in his 30s at least
1: yeah i would say in the movie verse roughly a decade
0: okay that That makes sense wouldn't you agree yeah, Something like that. so like, you know, he uh, has he has an amazing life with, you know, yeah, his simple. wife and his family and, you know,
1: yeah. they don't have much, you know, but they make do.
0: Did he end up having children like in the Bible? Yes. OK.
1: Yeah, but they're not really important. <laughs> Neither is Zipporah. Zipporah's got more of a prominent role in the movie than she ever had in the Bible.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's saying something. <laughs>
1: Shocker. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Moses is out tending to the sheep. He's a shepherd, you know, and uh, one of his sheep runs into some cave. And when he enters the cave, there's a bush that's alive, but on fire. And when he touches the fire, the fire doesn't burn him. And then a voice comes out, and it's God talking to him about how he is going to be the man that leads uh, the Hebrews out of Egypt. Now, uh, with with the voice of God, it was Val Kilmer as the prominent voice, but everyone on the cast actually said the exact same lines, so those whispers you hear are the soft voices of the other actors in the film saying the same thing. But they decided that Val Kilmer, they needed a strong presence of a voice instead of all softness, because you had to be able to hear it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. yeah, like, okay, so the one thing about this part or whatever, and it's just, I'm just saying this because, um... Moses, like, had to have eaten something in the desert. Like, that is some edible fucking, you know. A peyote? Yeah. Like, he's fucking (laughs) spacing the fuck out and, like... Like, well, it was a, okay i get it bible story like anybody who's listening that like follows the bibles would, and shit this
1: is why i think of uh the story of egypt as an allegorical tale not necessarily a literal one mm-hmm. not only because there isn't a lot of archite- archaeological or historical context that this actually happened but because of stuff like this <laughs> which is fine There's nothing wrong with that. Well, like, he's
0: flying through the air and God is, like, picking him up and, like, holding him like a baby, I guess. Like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean...
0: So God's all
1: cool and shit, and then he's like, Pharaoh will not listen, so I will smite Egypt with all of my wonders. Okay? That phrase, like, made me cringe. Because he says he'll smite Egypt with all of his wonders. Okay, smite means kill, destroy... And then he refers to what he's going to use as wonders, which has a positive connotation.
0: Okay, so, like, one of the things I have to say about this in general is uh, this was back in the day when God was, like, you know, a whiny little bitch and, like, you know, super vengeful and shit, right? So, um, you know, he's like, somebody's not listening to me. I must smite them.
1: Oh, honey. Just wait. Just wait um so <laughs> am i going to hell for saying to... this well honey i don't know but i don't think yes. anybody's gonna like what i have to say from a historical context and a biblical one when we get to it oh dear um, yeah um so moses returns to zipporah he explains what's happening Zipporah's is like well i'm gonna go with you and uh then they return to egypt and when they get back to egypt ramesses is now pharaoh he has a child who's like i want to say between six and eight years old
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um he has a son and a wife uh and at first uh ramesses is very happy to see his brother um but moses is there to say you know i want you to free the hebrew slaves and ramesses is like okay well that's that's a fucking joke. Um,
0: like, and, uh, no. How am I gonna <laughs> build my amazing empire without the slaves? Moses
1: pulls. Moses pulls the Southern Secession. He's like, um, actually, I really like my slaves. So no. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. It's so crazy uh, that, like, you know, during that like time period with you know the the North and the South, where. You know, the South was like, no, we actually like our slaves. And they were like, you know, using the Bible for like the reason why to have slaves. And it's like, um, Moses, like, you know, was trying to free them from slavery. So like the Bible pretty much says no slaves. Just saying.
1: At least at least here it says no slaves.
0: Oh, is there other parts where she fucking knows her Bible? I don't. I don't know my Bible, okay. <laughs> um,
1: we're gonna get into that uh, further on. Um, oh girl. Yeah, I've got I've got my notes. I got my notes. Oh trust, girl. Trust me. Um, so uh, Moses turns his uh, staff into a snake, and then it takes an entire song for Hotep and Hoy to make two snakes. And what you'll notice is that the snake of uh, Moses eats the other two, which is. Uh, you know, basically God devouring Egypt. It's like a visual metaphor.
0: Mm -hmm. Fun
1: stuff. Um, In the biblical sense, it was actually Aaron and Moses that did this together. Aaron was a huge part of the exodus of Hebrew slaves in the the Bible. Um, He was actually one of the main people that did it because he had the hearts of the Hebrews because he had lived with them whereas Moses had not. So, there's actually that. But uh,
0: but in this one, he's, like, ball. bitching all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Ramesses, in the movie, refuses to let the Hebrews go because it was drilled into him to not be influenced by others. Now, here's where I'm gonna have a fun, biblical conversation. Okay. okay. Uh <laughs> After Ramesses refuses, Moses performs the first plague. He turns the water into blood. Um, then he, he brings on the frogs and the lice and the flies and the diseased livestock, boils, thunderstorms of hail and fire, locusts, darkness for three days, and then finally the death of Egypt's firstborns.
0: It's like a fun song while they're doing this, too. Right? Yeah.
1: Um. So I'm going to read to you. Exodus 7, uh, 1 through uh, 4.
0: And I'm going to shut up for once.
1: Yes. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of this country. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt, and with the mighty acts of judgment, I will bring out my divisions, my people, the Israelites and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. So in context, God influences Pharaoh's free will, where Pharaoh has no choice but to say no, because God hardened his heart.
0: Um... Yeah, they didn't teach that in Sunday
1: school. Yeah, and there's also another, um, I actually read 7 through 5, uh, 7, 1 through 5, but in Exodus 9 through uh, 10 through 12, um, Exodus chapter 9, verses 10 and 12, it says, so they took soot from a furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses tossed it into the air, and festering boils broke out on people and animals. The magicians would not stand before Moses because of the boils that were on them and all, and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had said to Moses. So, twice it says that the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart so that he will not listen to Moses and Aaron. So he's basically punishing Egyptians like for no reason.
0: Like I said, God was a little bit of a vengeful bitch.
1: Yeah, Old Testament God is way different from New Testament God. (laughs) Way different.
0: Well, Um, by then he got out of, you know, his uh, youthful...
1: He's basically an exodus, like the kid was, uh, um, you know, over the anthill with the... what's the word
0: uh magnifying glass
1: magnifying glass i couldn't think of the word magnifying okay yeah so like this is the biblical context that not a lot of people know or ignore um i use the new international version the king james version is a little different but uh, new international is easier to read um so yeah all of these plagues are brought on not because Because Ramesses is actually telling them no, it's because he's being influenced to say no. So he's basically being punished because he does not have free will. So there's that fun story. (laughs) Wow. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Not like I said, not a lot of people actually, you know, read this part of the Bible. See, when you go to church, it's not that you read passages through and through. You don't read the Bible front front to back, you skip around in it and have verses that kind of sound like another verse. And then you get a devotion made out of it, you know, and this is what this verse is talking about. But in context, it's completely different, which is why reading is fundamental. If you want to understand Christian faith, (laughs) just like reading is fundamental to understand any faith, you know, the more you read their Holy text, the better, you know, you understand. And it helps you become a better thinker. Just saying. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, yeah. But, um, like, reading's hard.
0: Hmm? Like, reading's hard, especially when it's the Bible. It's not like it's interesting. It's like a nice little fairy tale, I guess, but, you know.
1: Yeah. Now, there's this one part (laughs) right before the And let's move on sorry exactly um there's this one part right before the death of Egypt's firstborns that uh Moses and Ramesses have a like tit for tat and uh you know Moses is like you just don't understand something more terrible is coming and if you don't listen to me then you're gonna suffer and Ramesses is like fuck you (laughs) and you know like why do I have to listen to you and The thing that Moses says is no kingdom should be built on the backs of slaves, except the Hebrews actually owned slaves after their exodus. Ooh. Exactly. Like, there is slavery in the Bible for even God's chosen people own slaves. So. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, in the, the movie does a better job of, like, kind of deleting the problematic shit of an already dark story. But, like, biblically speaking, Hebrews own slaves.
0: So there's that. Yeah.
1: Uh, then we have the death of Egypt's firstborns. And in his grief, Pharaoh's like, yeah, you can fucking go. And then we have uh, the When You Believe segment
0: oh yeah oh where they sing
1: yeah I do like the Hebrew part of that song I don't know what they're saying but it's so pretty when the kids are singing it Hmm. I used to know the Hebrew alphabet but now I don't
0: well they uh, didn't me. they there's actually like um, that song uh, they did like a pop version of it with uh, Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and Mariah Carey And it was uh, pretty successful. Like, it did quite well. Um, I want to see where it peaked on the charts, like the Billboard charts, because I think Mm -hmm. it was pretty high, considering... Okay, so yeah, it peaked um, on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 at number 15, which... that's pretty good for you know movie yeah, song. like
1: top 40 hits or <laughs>
0: adult contemporary uh-huh. it was on um it was number three and then it was kind of in the 30s for everything else but um yeah that's like it's a pretty decent go um it never topped number one but it got number two in a few places
1: that's that's pretty good it is a really good song. Like, yeah. I can't sing it for shit. I cannot sing it for shit, but I like it. Well,
0: you are no Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey. I mean, they are too powerhouse. straight.
1: <laughs> I don't have that kind of range. I think it's so funny that Mariah Carey has such a deep voice, but she can literally hit those, like, whew, yeah. opera high notes. <laughs> yeah. But when she talks, her voice is very, like, very uh it's deeper it's smooth and then she can you know belt it out like an opera singer i oh, god love her yeah <laughs> um so yeah they they get out of egypt and um ramesses decides you know what fuck this like they killed my kid i'm gonna kill them and so he and his men uh go after them but a, a big huge fire tornado stops them from coming forward and uh, Moses parts the Red Sea so they can escape. Again, this is where there's a translation issue because there's two different translations. Um, uh, One is that the Red Sea is parted but the original wording is very similar to Reed Sea. So he either parted a huge body of water or he parted a bunch of reeds. Well. And this translation was pointed out as early as the 11th century. So, who knows? Um. This is is part of the problem with um, biblical translations. It's like there's a lot of interpretations. There's a lot of translations and different, you know, it's different for whoever's reading certain uh versions of the translation,
0: yep, um one of the <laughs> things I have to say is that fire tornado was like that was good on God, I guess, like you know <laughs> fire tornado across that thing, fuck no, fire tornado, fuck, no, um, yeah. yeah. I know this movie was like um... a lot. Like I said, a lot of exposition. Yeah. I
1: mean, the plot. It's, the plot is. It doesn't take that long to go through the plot of Exodus, as far as you know, the Hebrews leaving Egypt. So. Yeah. Um, now here's the thing about what I don't understand about the story, which I actually asked one of my uh, Sunday school teachers about it when I was little, and they didn't like my question and they never gave me an answer, is that. Why is it not okay for Pharaoh to kill innocent children, but it's okay for God to smite firstborns? And I still don't have an answer to that question.
0: Um, cause God created the world, I guess. And like, he can do what he wants. He's God. Yeah,
1: basically, right?
0: He's God. So like... Um, Yeah sunglasses but, on pew pew, pew 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 that's
1: that's that's a question i ask myself often when i've read the bible is like why is it not okay for this certain group to do it but it's okay for this certain group to do it like why is it okay? you know and why are certain things considered unclean like it doesn't make any sense to me there's a lot of the old testament that makes no sense to me
0: well i mean um, we all know that the real the like the people who are actually God's children are the Mormons they are the blessed ones
1: have you heard about the all-american prophet (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, I love that we've like put this in two
1: times (laughs) two weeks in a row we've had a book of Mormon thing it's great (laughs) Uh,
0: I mean they're the only ones going to heaven right This will be, like, the most boring heaven ever, but whatever.
1: Um,
0: With their special pajamas, uh, underwear. The
1: the movie ends with um, the Ten Commandments being held in Moses' hand and him looking out over the Hebrew people that have been freed. Now, in the Bible, they actually uh, toiled in the the desert for 40 years.
0: I don't believe that. I mean, I think I saw
1: a meme where it was like Moses had a really bad sense of direction because it would take at most two weeks to get to Canaan from, from, uh, where they were in Egypt. Yeah. (laughs) On foot. So that was, that was funny. Uh, after the credits, actually, there are three excerpts that praise Moses, um, and they are never again did there arise in Israel a prophet like Moses whom the Lord singled out face to face this is in the Hebrew Bible or Torah Deuteronomy 3410 Um, and then there's another passage where it goes Moses was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself that's in the New Testament of the Bible acts 735 and then and call to mind though through his divine writ Moses, behold, he was a chosen one and was an apostle of God, a prophet. And that's in the Quran, Surah 1951. So they took every Abrahamic religion and took a verse about Moses from each one. So there was that.
0: Cool. I guess. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> there was an awkward pause there. <laughs> I don't know. Just... I mean, I, I thought it was cool that they included a passage about Moses from every single Abrahamic religion. The thing is, is like Jews and Muslims and Christians fight so hard with each other, but on a basic level, most of their tenets are exactly the same. Um, like
0: pretty much. For instance,
1: I mean, for instance, Jews believe that Jesus is important, but they do not believe he is the Messiah. Okay. Um, Christians believe that Jesus is the Messiah, um, and the deliverer and the greatest uh, sacrifice. And Muslims believe that Jesus is a prophet, but not the Messiah, and he's just a prophet like Muhammad. But Muhammad is a more important prophet. Um, and they all trace their ancestry back to Abraham. Uh, Jews and Christians say that, uh, their tenants come from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whereas in, Is- in Islam, uh, they go Abraham through his firstborn, Ishmael, who was born of the, of Sarah's handmaiden. So, yeah, that's literally the major differences. Um... So why are we and all fighting? Because people are stupid, and they manipulate their religions to, you know, say, like they fight over holy land and stuff. You know, instead of all coexisting peacefully in Jerusalem, I mean, the Middle East, at least as far as Jerusalem, um, has always been turmoil.
0: Well, yeah, cause like, I mean, okay, so think of it this way, or whatever, right? Um, God says, like, that, you know, the land of Israel is, like, the land of milk and honey, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think it, like, (laughs) I I know that, like, some people might get really mad, but, like, maybe it just isn't. Maybe, like, you guys should stop fighting over it, and, like, maybe there's another land that's, like, you know, good for everybody, yeah. Like Canada, the land of maple <laughs> syrup. And um,
1: and racism.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we got some of that shit, too. Uh,
1: okay. So, let's go through our tests uh the bechdel (laughs) this is a hard one because
0: it's all religion and shit so i'm just like "Mm, i don't know if i can make jokes without like somebody (laughs) threatening my life shit well i
1: i was hoping that we would do saved because saved kind of uh like when we do our um female-led comedy month in july i was hoping we would do saved because the way Saved portrays Christianity is how I live my life as a Christian, so it's pretty funny, but that's that's for another time. Um, <laughs> uh, Bechdel Test, two named female uh, characters talking about something other than a man while alone on screen. Nope. Didn't pass.
0: What are you talking about? Um, Sephora and, uh, and the sister, like, they sang together.
1: Yeah, but they weren't alone.
0: Yeah, but they were singing together in harmony.
1: Which doesn't count. Oh, fine. Okay,
0: whatever. <laughs> whatever.
1: Um, uh, Racial Bechdel test where two people of color have a conversation about someone that's not a person of color. This isn't tricky. If we go by voice actors, it's a fail. But if we go by on screen, it's a pass.
0: Yeah. Like and the nice thing is they didn't make, a, 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 yeah, <laughs> except for uh, Danny Glover. <laughs> right? He's like, like the only one that was wasn't. <laughs> um, But, but on the screen... one thing I do want to mention is uh, everybody on screen uh, was definitely not white. So th- I guess good on them for not making it totally whitewashed like some um, movies.
1: Like... like uh. Gods of Egypt or some shit. Yeah, that came out with what's his name from Game of Thrones that, right? Yeah, and Christian Bale. Jesus Christ! Oh no, I'm getting two movies confused.
0: No, there but was that I'm other still. guy. He was like from New there Zealand were, or whatever, and he's supposed to be like Egyptian. And it's like, bitch. There that... were,
1: there were two movies about Egypt that came out within six months of each other, and they were all white movies.
0: Dude, that happens. Okay, so like. <laughs> That's actually something that like for some weird reason studios do is they're like they get one studio will like get some word that another studio is doing a story that's like it has like a theme or whatever. And they're like, we're going to do the exact same thing, but we're like going to change it or like try to make it, you know, as similar as possible. It's kind of like...
1: like uh olympus has fallen versus white house down which came out within three months of each other well
0: exactly but then there's another one that happened just this year and that is coco right by disney and then there's fernando right Mm -hmm. which like they're both they're probably not exactly
1: i would think that coco and book of life have more in common they're very They're very similar.
0: Oh, well, yeah, but, like, I mean, you know, sometimes they don't get all the details. Like, A Bug's Life and Ants were very similar. (laughs) One just had Woody Allen in it and surprisingly was actually the better one.
1: I think that Out of White House Down and Olympus Has Fell on White House Down was way better. Like, they're both action movies, but... I, I much prefer the Channing Tatum, Jamie Foxx movie. So
0: oh, yeah, because the other one... Get your one, hands off my Jordan. I think I only watched the other one that had uh, Gerard Butler in it, and I just... Oh, I went on a date, so actually, to go see it, and I just remember, like, watching it and being like, okay, so this movie is about one dude... That fucking does everything. He goes in and he fucking murders everybody. And it turns out it's like the North Koreans or something. I don't know. I don't really remember. I was just like, this is a dumbass movie.
1: Geostorm is worse.
0: Fuck, really? I never saw
1: that <laughs> oh, one. Oh, God. But Storm is like... I mean, it's kind of got the same thing as White House It's almost exactly like White House Down, except White House Down um, d- doesn't have, like, the weird, uh, like, um, technology that controls the weather in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Rachel Bechdel test. Fail for voice actors, but pass for on-screen. Same with the Devernay test, which is, uh, Characters of color who have character arcs that aren't based on furthering a white protagonist. Um, it's a fail for voice actors, but a pass for visuals. Yeah. Sexy Lamp, uh, I would say it passes because there's not very many named women in the film, and the named women all have important parts. Yeah. Um, and then we have the Furiosa test, which is. All female remake of an all male movie, and that's a not applicable one.
0: And what about the McIlwerry test?
1: I I did that one.
0: Oh, did it you? Failed. It failed, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it failed because uh, it was before we went a,
0: into the rant, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, I'll repeat it and just just in case I didn't say it. McElmory is a fail because uh, there's not a woman who has a character arc that isn't based on furthering a man's character arc or story so yeah um now is this movie feminist Mm, no (laughs) is it inclusive yes visually no voice actor wise yeah so there's that um yeah I don't know it's It's like a good
0: movie though
1: it really is. It is one of my favorite films. But let's be real. <laughs> um it's it's not a good feminist film. It's all about a guy and the biblical context is a lot worse than what we see on screen. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, oh, there's that. I mean, like it was an
0: okay movie, but like overall I don't know, maybe it's cuz like like I, I think i remember watching this movie when i was a kid but like i don't know i just it's okay i guess
1: yeah i mean i know what you're saying i like it because i mean this was a movie that i watched while i was still involved in that super evangelical church Mm. um yeah fun story the reason we are not evangelical christians anymore is because um my mom uh something happened with my mom and we weren't in the church for a good month and no one came to check on us no one came to see us um and she had always considered the pastor and his wife to be very good friends and with her and nobody came to see us and we were struggling we were going through a hard time um and she comes back to church and you know she in the bible you know, it says, like, if you have aught with your neighbor, you go to your neighbor. Um, if you have aught with your church, you go to your pastor. Uh, if you have aught with your pastor, you go with your you go to your church. But if you have aught with your pastor and your church, you know, you have to go to the church and explain why. And so mom asked uh, the pastor if she could get up front and talk. And uh, she explained that she was hurt. And one woman, um, after she gave her explanation, one woman did stand up and tell her that, you know, yeah, like, you are completely right. We were in the wrong. We, did, we need to be better Christians to you. We need to, you know, you're a newborn Christian. You know, you're a, a lamb in a world of wolves. We should have done better. Well, after the service the pastor came up to my mother and told her that the words she spoke in front of the congregation were of the devil and the reason for that is because she criticized him and you don't do that as a woman in an evangelical church you just don't do it and uh, it hurt my mom a lot because like she really did think that he was a good friend um, and we quit going to church after that for a long time. A long time. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, it was pretty shitty of him, but... So. Wow.
0: That's... Yep.
1: I mean, it's not funny. Like, that's... And it's something that happens a lot, I'm sure, I yeah. mean, it's, like, that one little girl that was uh, trying to explain that she was gay and they cut her off and was, like, oh, no, you can't talk about stuff like that. Like, I'm sorry.
0: And, like, her parents you were, good. you know, like, totally supportive and stuff, too.
1: Exactly. This was something that happened a couple of years ago. It was a viral video where, you know, she she came out uh, in front of her congregation and they cut her mic before she could finish her speech. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah, so, I mean that's the kind of world a lot of women live in in evangelical houses so I mean my mom has friends that the woman uh, they have like four or five kids and she homeschools all of them and she answers to her husband her husband is the head of the household she does whatever he says I mean it's very awful like to me
0: well that's the thing when i hear stories like that i i can't imagine that yeah
1: so like having that experience as a child it had an impression on me and my whole thing is is if you're going to use religion as a weapon then you're doing it wrong you know if you use religion to hurt people or to persecute people or to treat them like shit then you're a shit person, because, above all, God said to love each other as you love yourself, you know? Um, And to love your neighbor and to love your enemies. Like, the overwhelming, um, in Christian faith, the overwhelming theme is to love everyone, even those that hurt you. And it's the same as in Islam. I'm not too sure of what it is in Judaism. But the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I don't see a lot of that um, from the people that I grew up with and in that church. Um, Hypocrisy is
0: huge. Which which is sad because, I mean... That was the first rule that, you know, Jesus taught. Like, everybody, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Like, you hear this all the time, right? And it's like, well, fucking Jesus wouldn't do what you fucking assholes are doing. That's for fucking sure.
1: I mean, it's kind of like, in the Bible, Jesus was all about hanging out with whores and prostitutes and, you know... He was a hipster before hipsters were hipsters. Right? Um... (laughs) He, he, you know, I mean, one of his closest followers was Mary Magdalene and she was a prostitute. You know, and um, like she was he he was a good person that believed in treating everyone nicely and he hated those that took advantage of the poor and he hated people that punished the poor. He, um, you know, he's like one of the stories is when he goes to the temple and flips over all of the Uh, where they're gathering money from the people. And when someone, um, you know, uh, like, picked on a woman for giving the only money she had, he's like, you don't understand. She's given more here than you ever will. And one of the things is, uh, you know, like, it's easier for a a camel to go through the eye of a a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. (laughs) So... But yeah, that, like but, yeah, but then we have evangelicals who do not espouse any of that, uh, any of that stuff, and they claim to be Christians, and yet they are so hateful, and I see that a lot. I'm not saying all Republicans are all conservatives, but it's mostly conservatives, you know, that do this. Like there was even something last week about how one republican party i can't remember what state but they were like uh democrats love poor people because they want the poor people to vote for them but um republicans hate poor people because poor people um aren't doing what they're supposed to or something like that like that was a legitimate tweet yeah from some gop
0: and and that's you have to think of that as like um you know, most of these people are uh, that are I'm not saying all Republicans, but a lot of Republicans are using religion as their weapon. Right. And how much they fucking and then they, you know, spout off this shit about how much they hate the poor. Right. Or how they don't think bec- uh, the poor are just a bunch of lazy people. But the thing is, we live in a system where um the, the difference between, like, the richest and the poorest people are so far that, like, there is...
1: There's a bigger wealth disparity now, in the United States at least, than there was in pre-revolutionary France. Yeah, so... If
0: that so, tells you anything. So, the thing about that is, I'm... I'm not saying that, like, we're going to start killing rich people, cause, but, like, something's got to give, yeah something's and got think, to give because that's why like we cannot people, sustain this this like the system, authority. yeah, capitalism, and, what we yeah, think capital- is democracy, it's not really yeah at least not in America is,
1: the whole thing about capitalism, capitalism is supposed to be you work hard and because you work hard you are able to afford a lifestyle that you want to live that's not how it actually works but that's the principle you know like the principle it is the the american dream is if you work hard you will get what you want out of life and yet there are people that work two and three jobs and can barely afford to live in an apartment
0: well yeah know? especially and, in and some of these bigger ass city ass centers off. right they work their And I will tell you, as somebody who works two jobs, I work my fucking ass off. I am tired. And I'm also living with a chronic condition, right? So I have three things that are like, you know, kind of pushing against me. Um, But I still consider myself pretty lucky for what I do have. But the fact is, I'm working my fucking ass off. I'm working uh, most of the time, seven days a week. And like... I can't afford all of my bills like I yeah. I am I'm scraping by I'm trying to save money but I just can't and it's like do I get a third job like I know I physically cannot take another job there's no way I
1: mean there were teachers last week who went on strike here in the United States because they have to work two and three jobs because they only make 30,000 a year
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know so, one woman, she was a fourth grade teacher, she had to work a job as a teacher, and then one time, one of her fourth grade students saw her waitressing. And he was so sweet, he was like, you know, Miss, whatever your name, her name was, he said, Miss, you must be so rich, because he thinks that if you work really hard, you'll get ahead, but what we've come to find out is that's not true it was true for the boomer generation and even for the x generation but for the millennial generation they are it's been proven that they are going to be poorer than their parents
0: we are poorer than our parents do you know how much do you know how much and it's not because we're lazy i mean we're the most
1: educated we have the largest, um, the largest portion of the workforce. And yet there's this whole thing that millennials are dumb and stupid and, Ooh. you know, they're like You know what? But, like, like my.
0: We work. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm working two jobs and I have to borrow money from my dad constantly. Do you think I like yeah. that? There's I have more shame in my life from the fact that I have to that not that I have to take money, but like there's some months where like I'm having a really hard time or I need, you know, uh, extra money for like food or uh, like a little bit of groceries or whatever. Right. And um, like my my dad's given me like, you know, a system where, you know, if I really need something, I use um I use a credit card, you know, and that's like the, you know, emergency credit card. But like, yeah. that's the thing. We live in a system where like my dad, who's retired, is helping out his daughter who's working two jobs. That's not how this should be. We, yeah. we need if to capitalism start.
1: capitalism works like it's supposed to, you're supposed to be able to work. And, the and, and that's the thing. And there is a wage gap. Life.
0: The, there is a wage gap. We are not. We are raising the price of things. Right. But we are not raising the um, the minimum wage. We are not raising people's actual wages to meet with the, you know, rising cost of living, like the cost of living. Right. So um, there's cases of people who, you know, like can't afford I, I don't know how people with fucking families do it. I don't. Because I
1: mean, to give you some context. OK, I was working a full time job. And living with my parents and my mom had a stroke four years ago I had to quit my job because we could not afford in-home health care because in America that shit is expensive and we don't have that kind of um, you know government reliant uh, healthcare system that most European countries have um, so I had to quit my job now I have a job now but I only work 15 hours a week and that 15 hours a week is gets me gas money and maybe enough money to buy me some clothes. But then I end up using my money to buy groceries and I don't make, but $200 every two weeks, you know? And yet.
0: And you were basically taking care of both of your parents.
1: Exactly. Because my dad had a heart attack last year and this year he had a leg amputation. And like, I mean, I just signed up to be a a poll manager or a clerk, I'm not sure which one I'm going to be yet, um, for our, our upcoming local elections, just so I can get an extra $150 to $200, because we have no money, and we get my dad's retirement check, and we get his social security, and my brother is living with us still and works and brings home about $400 a week, and we're barely above water.
0: So what we're trying to say here is, (laughs) um, capitalism and that whole fucking system, go fuck yourself. It's not working.
1: Well, I mean, capitalism is fine, but there has to be limits.
0: Well, exactly. (laughs) But, like, the thing is, the people who are making the money are making more money than they ever have before, and they're not sharing that money. There's more profits. There's more, like, you hear all this, you know, stuff about, like, the latest fucking movie that's, um, making a shit ton of... market yeah and like the stock market and like the money's there it's just it's not being shared Yeah, exactly. um anyways so like hate to end this one with a downer but you know that's just how it is life sucks here we go make some jokes i guess i don't know i mean like i'm happy even though like it'd be nice if i had more money
1: exactly um but yeah, I guess we should wrap this up. We've gone way off kilter.
0: Oh, yeah. We were talking about, like, religion and shit and, like, went straight into capitalism. This is how our podcast works. We just go right into some other subject sorry, because... If, what? Sorry if
1: you guys were looking forward to, uh, you know, just... A real super podcast. funny
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> anyway, God. um... If you want to check us out, we are at um, the Feminist Critique Podcast on Facebook, uh, and you can check me out on Twitter at South of Grace.
0: You can check me out on Instagram. I am Ajlene S. That's A I S L E N E S, and that's Instagram and Twitter. I'm also gonna like maybe do a feminist uh, Feminist Critique Twitter at some point, hopefully. You know, and, like, an email. We're gonna, like, you know, yeah. get our shit together. Make
1: it, make it more professional. Um, so even though this week we kind of uh, had a downer, next week we're gonna have so much fun.
0: Oh, yeah. She is, like, she's so excited for next week. You have no idea. She's, like, been be waiting months. Princess. Yeah.
1: Ever since we came up with our schedule way back in January, I like we were going to do Disney this month. But then we were like, well, what are we going to do for like November? And so we started talking about non-Disney animation. And I said, do you know what we should do? We should totally do non-Disney animation. And it's because of this specific movie, The Swan Princess.
0: That's how much she wanted to watch this movie and talk about it because...
1: I. I am so ready.
0: <laughs> Her body is ready for this movie.
1: It is. I can't wait. So we we will see you guys next week when we talk about the movie that I've wanted to talk about the whole time we've been doing this podcast. <laughs>
0: like, we're like on episode 18. She was ready at episode two.
1: I was like, we're totally doing like I thought we were doing Swan Princess uh, right after Anastasia. And Aisling's like, no, honey, we we need to, you know stay away from stay away from that for a minute like you, you can wait one more week and i'm like oh, oh no i don't want to <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh poor baby
1: so we'll be good yep. um see you
0: guys next week we'll see ya bye, bye.